What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Deconstructing. I am one of your hosts, Curtis Cooper, and I am joined by the fierce Delaney Harris. Hey, guys. Oh, I like the, this week. Fierce. <laughs> we got a fierce topic this week, but before we get into that, Del, how are you doing this fine December day? I am doing really, really well. It's been a long week and we're recording on a Friday. So I am looking forward to this weekend. How are you? I am doing very well. I submitted my last assignment for this class I was in. Oh, wonderful. So I got like a semester left and then I'm done with my master's. So that's exciting. Oh my goodness. I didn't realize it was that soon. Yeah, yeah. Wow, congratulations. Oh, and then I'll have to be a real boy and get a job. <laughs> oh, you'll but, do that. Uh, we will uh, burn that bridge when we get to it. Mm, yes, for sure. But anyway, uh, without further ado, um, all of our listeners have already seen the title at this point. So, uh, Dell, tell me about your history with the concept of abortion. Ooh, my history with the cons of abortion. That because, is like, a it's, loaded question. It, so, it sounds even more loaded if I was like, hey, Del, tell me about your history with abortion. <laughs> it does, yes. No, I can tell you my cons of abortion. Um, okay, so I um, politically, I um, don't have a stand. I'm pro, pro well, and okay, politically, I'm pro choice, but okay. we'll get into that later. But just yes. ethically, Ethically, I am kind of in the middle because I think each situation is unique. Um, I've had close family members who've aborted, close friends who've aborted, and sometimes there are reasons were just they didn't want a kid. Sometimes there are reasons where they had to for medical reasons. And so it's a very, 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 very um, situational-based kind of concept for me. What is your stance? Yeah, like every, like every topic we've had up to this point, this is not a black and white issue. Honestly, yes, we are despite, very much in the gray. Despite what many politicians would tell you <laughs> on both sides of the spectrum, like I hate to be a both sides for this, but uh, at least in this sense, like there are like arguments for and against that we will talk about and hopefully deconstruct for all of you. Yes, deconstruct. Okay, okay so... I first heard the term abortion when I was nine or 10 years old. I was at daycare. And one of the, uh, one of the teachers was like, we were doing, it was at this like Christian daycare. And one of the daycare workers was like, so like, let's do, and they, it was like a spiritual talk. And they were like, so how would you go about going up to George Bush, the president at the time, mm -hmm. and trying to campaign for him to make abortion illegal oh yeah I, you see where they were uh, they were going with that um yes you can definitely see their angle <laughs> yes <laughs> and then someone asked well what's abortion oh, and boy. then she she uh, went on to uh describe oh yeah it's it's murdering babies oh my goodness is that what she actually said Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, this was like, they were either like Baptists or Methodists or something. So it was something like really conservative. Wow. Um, other than that, I had a great time at that daycare. But uh, that was like, huh, well, this is wild. I didn't know this was a thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so as I've spoken of before, um, I grew up with 
very conservative personal political opinions and that obviously extended to abortion i was like oh wrong in every circumstance very black and white um and it should be illegal okay um kind of like most things in terms of my belief structure um when i got to college and started meeting and talking to like different diverse peoples i was like huh this ain't as cut and dry as i thought it was <laughs> very true so um and we will break it down um when we get there but i am pro-life and also pro-women's choice oh okay tell yep. me about that and i guess i guess here's here's what i should say i am personally pro-life and like publicly broadly pro-women's choice okay and we will break that down in a second um but before that I want to know what your take on being pro-choice is. What does it mean when Delaney Harris says she is pro-choice? Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so this is, this is gonna get some people riled up. I can oh, I'm gonna some people I love it. Yep, here it comes. Like if, there, if, if there was one thing that was gonna exceed the politics episode in terms of views, it's gonna be this or yep. like, five people will listen to it say their opinions are trash and no one will listen to it that could be the case and i am prepared for either <laughs> yes so, we are we don't do it for the hits no <laughs> we do it we do it for the conversation yes okay so um okay so pro pro choice for me um when it comes to like the actual life of a baby i am not educated enough in the medical field or nor am I God. So I cannot sit here and tell you when a soul enters a baby's body. I exactly. know and, and it's funny because we talked about this already. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, on the cloning episode, which yes, is not going to be out yet because I'm posting this as soon as we stop recording because abortion is a huge topic right now because Roe v. Wade is being challenged. So oh. I'm going to post this right away. But you all can look forward to our soul discussion when I post the cloning episode in the future. Gotcha. So this week's episode is this episode. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. We are, we are right out of the frying pan into the fryer. Oh my. Okay. Okay. Let me gear up for that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, being pro-choice. I, I can't, I'm not God. I can't say when a soul enters a baby's body. I know we can, we, we've looked and determined generally when a heartbeat begins or when mm -hmm. um, a, um, like a fetus becomes, I guess, alive, but yeah. does that make it have a soul? Does that make it, um, it's, does that make it so that it's like a sin to kill it? I don't know. I'm not God. I can't say. But what I can say is that each situation is very different. And so I can't sit back and say that's right or wrong. What someone else's choice. I don't know mm -hmm. the situation medically with that person. I don't know the situation with their home life. All I can do and what I think that we are as humans are called to do is to love. And that might look different in different situations or across different um different different situations there could be a child that's born or a child that's aborted who um there was absolutely nothing wrong with it or its mom it just it was aborted or there mm -hmm. could be 
something going on. Like the mom has cancer. I had a close relative who had cancer and she had to um, abort her child and that broke her heart. And to this day, like that just absolutely destroys her. Um, But I also had a close relative who aborted a child because she did not want to have a baby. And I'm not here to say that that's right or wrong. I will say that it haunts her to this day, to this Mm -hmm. day, it haunts her. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about that person who I lost and that she doesn't think about the person that she lost. And so I think that um, for me, there's a lot of heart involved in the issue because of the close people I've lost to abortion. And so that hinders my choice slightly. I feel like I'm a little bit biased because of that. Does that make sense? We all are biased. Oh, for sure. And I think, yes. and I think it's, it's totally fine and preferable to try to have as much empathy for all sides in the abortion debate as possible. Yes, 100%. Because the, min- the minute we start spewing all this hate on everybody, whether they agree or disagree with the idea of abortion being okay, um, that's when you lose people and you cease to have a dialogue. And it's just a debate and people hate debates. I don't care if people say everybody hates debates. Right. It kills you with hate. But even when we look at um, people who have done horrific things in their lifetime and like speaking specifically like biblically, like people who have murdered, if we are saying abortion is abortion is murder, which I'm not saying that, but that's often the argument made that abortion is murder. And Mm -hmm. when we look at people who have murdered and biblically, the only thing that I've ever seen shown to them by God is love and sometimes there is a form of punishment or a form like a I wouldn't say a punishment I would say a um, reaping what you sow reaping what you sow a consequence to their actions and there will always Mm -hmm. be consequence but the thing that I see over and over again is an outpouring from God of love to that person in spite of what they did and I think that that is what we're called to do and so um, recently my my relative who was who has aborted was on a trip with a bunch of friends and they just tore her apart saying that she was a murderer. And I think they'd forgotten she'd aborted, but it absolutely destroyed her and like ruined her entire trip. And all I can say is like, those people were just like t- saying that like abortions murder. If you, if you abort, you're a murderer. That's a horrible thing to say to someone. But regardless mm-hmm. if you know if they murdered, regardless if you know if they aborted or not, regardless if you know if they murdered like apart from abortion, like in life, that's a horrible thing to say to someone. And I can't, I don't, I can't put myself in a place where I could say to someone and sleep at night. That's awful. And so that's where I stand on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very, that's a very interesting nuanced take because on one end, on one end, you're like, I refuse to judge and like um, hate people for making those decisions. But at the same time, someone close to you regrets it deeply. Yeah. Yeah. And despite what we hear oftentimes, we're like, oh, pro, pro-choice, pro-women's rights and all that. There are plenty of women who make the choice and regret the choice. But guess what? In my opinion and in Delaney's opinion, not having that choice will destroy lives. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And can you imagine the things that people will do to end a pregnancy if it's not legal too? I mean, in the, in the 70s, 80s, and before that, I mean, women were sticking like coat hangers in themselves to end yeah. a pregnancy. Yeah, knitting needles was a big one too. Just, yeah. And killing themselves because they'd puncture holes within themselves. And Oh, and sorry, I, I should have said this before we started talking about this. Um, this episode is rated R. Yeah, trigger warning. <laughs> it's rated R because... In the in 
the second half of the podcast, we'll be talking about sex graphically. Oh, will we? Okay. Yes, oh. we will. Oh, you warned about this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are we are getting into all of it today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and um, I don't know if my mom or dad will ever listen to this or not. They are more than welcome to. But my dad always told me growing up, like he's he's a Republican with like very libertarian values, I would say. Um, and he said this in regards to um, marijuana, but I kind of apply it more broadly in my political life. Um, it's completely pointless for the government to try to govern morality. Okay. And you can take that, that as... That's actually you can take that a really as, good point. Why, thank you. Yes. You can take that as far as you want, but I take it this far where if you try to impose your morality, whether it's religious or not, on people, then, I mean, those people are going to lash out and find a different way to get it done. That's just the manner of things. Right. Same thing with, like, illegal drugs. Like, if you throw people in jail, they're just going to still be addicted to drugs. So. Right, right. Um, but anyway, I guess I should um, elaborate on my official current stance, and that is something I will emphasize. It is my current stance. I am open to dialoguing with anyone about any of this at any time, and to adjust my beliefs um, accordingly, because, I mean, there's ebbs and flows with all this. And if you don't ebb and flow with your beliefs, and I think that you're just not paying attention to new information or sources that are reliable. That was a long preamble. I promise I'm not stalling. (laughs) So, okay. I said that I am personally pro-life, but but publicly and like, I guess, corporate, (laughs) corporately, that's not a word. Um, pro-choice and what I say is that I and this is the reason I say I'm personally pro-life is completely hypothetical and here's why because I am not a woman let's let that sink in I am a cis straight white male and I intend to be that the rest of my life okay So let me, for instance, put myself in the shoes of a woman if I were a woman. If I were a woman and I got pregnant by someone I consented getting pregnant to, I would choose to keep the baby. That is what I would do. I am not a woman. Therefore, I don't ever have to worry about that. So that is why I say my personal pro-life stance is hypothetical. Now that being said, how does, how is reality actually? And reality is that people get raped. There's all kinds of horrific things that happen to women specifically. And there are currently laws in place in states that do not allow you to get abortions for any reason including rape, including rape of a prepubescent child. It will literally kill them. And you're 
So you're basically sending them to their own death out of spite because of your own ridiculous belief. So that's the extreme. That's, that's like the, the extreme of like, okay, I think most conservatives even would agree that like, okay, if a 12 year old child is raped, then the pregnancy has to be terminated to save their life. Is that a fair statement though? Um, I think I'll come back to my opinion on that, but I respect yours, <laughs> yes. Go on though. Um, but anyway, I am, all of this is according to the information I have available to me at this time. I am not a professor in any of this stuff. So add that to the long list of disclaimers on this episode. I appreciate the, the way you came to that conclusion. I think that was very like thought out and um, admirable. Which, which conclusion? <laughs> your stance, your overall stance, just the, the, the different routes you just took us on, on your journey of, you mentioned that you're cisgender male, so you are not a female. And so, but you still have an opinion about what you would do as a yeah. male, but you're not going to impose your opinions on a female because you're not female. Absolutely I, not. Never. I think that's unethical. Okay. I, I, I respect that, that you're, you're journeying to that decision. Very admirable. Thank you. <laughs> um, but then uh, let's, let's take a look at the opposite end of the spectrum and say um, a woman is working her way through college. She has a boyfriend and they have consensual sex. And she's like, I literally cannot support this baby at all um now two things i'm going to talk about here one if i were this woman which i'm not (laughs) but if i was i would say hey i'm gonna have this baby and put it up for adoption that's me a cis white male who has never been through pregnancy before keep that in mind i have no idea what goes on with the horrors of pregnancy But if a woman decides to abort at that point, and obviously it would be early trimester, the idea, here's a myth that I'm going to bust. The idea that women are waiting like seven, eight, nine months until like the baby is like really formed and like, hey, I'm going to go to the abortion clinic and have this thing cut up and it's going to be graphic and evil. And I'm going to laugh about it. Let me tell you, there is literally no woman that has ever existed that has chosen to get an abortion just willy-nilly or felt like, no, this is dangerous because I'm putting words in people's mouths, but there is no woman who's ever taken that lightly, in my opinion. Is that a fair overgeneralization to make though? <laughs> I think a fair overgeneralization, yes. Yeah, I would say so. It's kind of, a, it's kind of an oxymoron, <laughs> fair, over, <laughs> fair overgeneralization. Um, And I realize that whatever I say will get me in trouble with different groups of people. And I don't particularly care. I will be more than willing to talk to you about it. Honestly, hold your, hold to your guns. Don't worry about it. Hold to your (laughs) opinion because everyone's gonna have a different one anyway. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. Hold to your opinion and research the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, yes. Um, if a woman decided to abort based off of, um, situation that was not having to do with rape or incest or medical reasons like you mentioned like cancer or something 
um, scary like that. Um, do I believe that she should have that right? And after talking to a lot of people and having a friend mention a story where she was pregnant positive, ultimately um, her body itself um, didn't keep the, the pregnancy. Um, but she said that if it had, she would have aborted because it would have ended her life because she was in a conservative family and her parents would have disowned her and her life would have been over. Wow. So um, having a child is a life changing proposition and it's not something that you should take lightly on either side. Right. So therefore, I think that the option should be available for even those instances. And I will expound on that a lot more at the end, but Del, I want your reactions to that specific piece of it. What are your thoughts on like these abortions that are not either medical or like other emergencies? Abortion, I mean like um, just like the choice is theirs to remove it because they yeah. don't want it? Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I think it depends on how the pregnancy came to be. I think sometimes there's an element of irresponsibility. Um, and if that's present, then I think you have to like bear the consequence of the irresponsibility. But sometimes mm -hmm. things just happen. Sometimes like a condom breaks, not very often, but sometimes. <laughs> and um, not as often as we were scared into believing exactly. as, uh, as young Christian children. Let me tell you. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that um, with that in mind, that it's pretty important to, um, I think it's pretty important to remember the consequences of our actions. And if you suffer the consequences, okay. I think that by go going against, by violence, okay. <laughs> Let me back it up a little bit <laughs> more, okay. So after everything that we, everything we do has a consequence, good or bad, everything has a consequence, whether it's you wake up early in the morning, wake up later in the morning, you drive this way to work, you drive that way to work. There is a ripple effect. So when you make a choice to have sex and you get pregnant, that's a consequence. And by mm -hmm. eliminating the baby, you will have to suffer the consequence of that too. And so I think the question really lies then is what consequence are you willing to handle? Are you willing to handle it's gonna it's honestly it's a lifelong heartbreak is aborting a baby because people think oh it's just like the ending of a pregnancy there's you have for one you have to eject the baby from from yourself and mm -hmm. that is absolutely agonizing to give birth yeah. and know that you're not going to be able to have a child mm -hmm. heartbreaking or that child heartbreaking and um so you have to deal with that consequence for the rest of your life that heartbreak or you're gonna have to deal the consequence of having a child and I would ask, and this is going to ruffle some feathers, I would ask, um, in what way can you grow the most, most from that situation? So are you stunting your own growth by aborting the baby? Are you making a choice that's affecting the way you're going to make other choices in your life? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's not an easy out. It, people think it's an easy out. It's not. It is a horrific out to a pregnancy. Yes, it's an out because the pregnancy is over, but it's not an easy out. There's nothing easy about abortion. And so I think- Excellent point. Like, just, let me just say, everybody underline that three times and <laughs> highlight it and stick it on your wall because <laughs> Dell has done it again. 
<laughs> so keeping that in mind, um, choosing which, which, which hard do you want to go with? Do you want to go with pregnancy hard or, or not pregnancy hard? And, you know, I, I, I think only the person who is bearing that child can make that choice. I don't think a government can make that choice. I don't think a church can make that choice. I'm not even sure that God himself makes that choice, but we can get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, why wait till later when we can do it now? Okay. <laughs> Let's do Del, it. <laughs> this, we kind of market this as a Christian podcast. We are two Christians. We both identify as such. Yes. And we are deconstructing both how we were brought up and how we see the Christian world today. Yes. And what are your thoughts on the Bible and abortion? Okay. So not a theologist over here, but I will say, <laughs> or a theologian, I guess is the right word, but I will say. Ditto for me. <laughs> I will say. I think I think the only time that I've ever read it personally about abortion is when a it's a discussion about the value of life and the value of um, the, the the price you pay for ending life. And it's not speaking about abortion; it's speaking about murdering a woman or murdering a woman's baby when she's pregnant, or murdering both and the consequences mm-hmm. you pay for both. And in that verse, I think the the woman's life calls for a higher consequence than the baby's life does. Now, I don't know that. Ooh, that's spicy. It's spicy. I don't think it's literal. I don't think it's literally saying that the punishment for this woman's life is higher. I don't think that's what it's saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's putting a value on it. I think it's talking about the emotional toll that you will take is because you know this woman, you know, this person, maybe you don't know her, but you know of her. She's a person in the community. But this baby mm-hmm. within her, you haven't met yet. And so the price you pay emotionally and mentally is higher for her than it is for the child. I don't think it's actually saying that you, well, it should like this woman's life is actually more valuable. I think what it's saying is that it's going to have a bigger impact on life. Yeah. And like, I've, I've talked to one of my friends who identifies as pro-life. He's, he's progressive, but uh, he does identify as pro-life. And he once told me that, if the choice were to come where like my wife was ill while she was pregnant and we had to choose between her and the baby, I would choose my wife. Yeah. And I think that's a completely like fair, albeit awful choice because having to choose between your wife and your child is a terrible choice to have to make. It's very sad. Um, but it's, it's one of the choices that some people are presented with. Yeah. And I don't think there's a necessarily a morally wrong answer there, but I do think that it, this is my personal belief. Okay. Um, my personal belief is that a fully cognizant adult human does have a higher moral, I guess, tier than a being that cannot think yet and that might be hyper controversial don't really care um (laughs) i mean yeah i could i could take that further and like get a lot of people angrier but i'll leave it at that for now okay wow i like that good 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 perspective there 
Um, Why, thank you. Yes, yes. So shall we get into a little, because I mean, we've been talking about pro-choice, um, okay. but I want to talk about pro-life more. Okay. Because it's, I think that for a lot of people, um, they have a lot of problems with American conservatism. Okay. And these are, in my opinion, like legitimate problems like, oh yeah, like American conservatives are money hungry and pro-corporation and problematic all the way around, but they don't murder babies. So I'm going to vote for them. Oh. Um, and so there is, I think, some would argue that the pro-life argument is what's kept modern American conservatism alive and well, because it's a single vote voter issue for a lot of people. And I understand that. I respect that. I have empathy for that. Um, but I want to tap into someone's thoughts who are not my own. Okay. And I am going to cite this, of course. Um, so I am on Twitter right now. <laughs> Good old Twitter. The, the, the mother of all knowledge, Twitter. Yes. Um, and so I found this, this thread three years ago. And I'm going to give you the name and the handle so you can look it up and give oh. it a like yourself. Awesome. Um, and it's yeah. an exquisite thread. So this is Gabrielle Blair and her, her um, what's it called? What did I just say? Her tag or her handle. That's right. Her Twitter handle is Design Mom. That's, D, that's at D-E-S-I-G-N-M-O-M. So just design mom. Okay. And here's what I'm thinking about doing though. I am going to start reading and then can you just audibly say pause when you want to stop and talk about something? Yes. Okay. I'm a mother of six and a Mormon. I have a good understanding of arguments surrounding abortion, religion, and otherwise. I've been listening to men grandstand about women's reproductive rights and I'm convinced men actually have zero interest in stopping abortion. Here's why. Wow. And when she says men, I'm going to go ahead and extend that to just men slash conservative people and people who are just anti-abortion because there's plenty of liberals who are anti-abortion as well. Yeah, because I would say that this is kind of putting, saying all men are against. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not. I mean, that, that's, that's generalizing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If you want to stop abortion, you need to prevent unwanted pregnancies. And men are 100% responsible for unwanted pregnancies. No for, real, they, no, for real, they are. Perhaps you are thinking, it takes two. And yes, it does take two for intentional pregnancies. Okay. You want to keep reading? So I will say I have an argument, but I'm not ready to make it yet. So okay. go on. I will continue reading them. But all unwanted pregnancies are caused by the irresponsible ejaculations of men, period. Don't believe me? Let me walk you through it. Let's start with this. Women can only get pregnant about two days each month, and that's for a limited number of years. That makes 24 days a year a woman might get pregnant, but men can cause pregnancy 365 days a year. In fact, 
If you're a man who ejaculates multiple times a day, you could cause multiple pregnancies daily. In theory, a man could cause 1,000 plus unwanted pregnancies in just one year. It's kind of ridiculous, but true. Yeah. And though their sperm gets crappier as they age, men can cause unwanted pregnancies from puberty till death. So just starting with basic biology, plus the calendar, it's easy to see men are the issue here. Wait a minute. Okay. So yes, ejaculation is on the male end of things. And yes, it is what causes quote unquote pregnancies. That is like, like the collect $200 when you pass go kind of a thing. But the issue with it is that sometimes mm, I'm not ready to make the argument. It's going to come up in a second. I think if not, I'll come (laughs) back. Keep going. And obviously, and obviously, and obviously she's the way that the, the twit, the tweets read is that like, she is serious about this, but at the same time, she knows that like phrasing it this way will be inflammatory yeah and i think i'll go ahead and make my argument because i'm pretty sure she's going to shut me down in a second and then i'll retreat to my corner but i think what like i would say is i (laughs) i know a girl who would tell her boyfriends that she was infertile Mm -hmm. and she was trying to get pregnant and so that maybe it'd be a wanted pregnancy for her but it would be definitely unwanted on his end so i think that there's there's room for argument i i believe she's more talking about unwanted pregnancies from the female end because they are ultimately the ones who make the choice. I see. Okay. You make At least I think, I think, I think that's the, that's the framework. That is an excellent rebuttal. You're probably right. I think you're right. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't really a rebuttal. It was just more of a attempt at the clarification. (laughs) Excellent clarification. Yes. Go on. Thank you. Okay. But what about birth control? If a woman doesn't want to risk an unwanted pregnancy, why wouldn't she just use birth control? If a, if a woman can manage to figure out how to get an abortion, surely she can get birth control, right? Great questions. Modern birth control is possibly the greatest invention of the last century, and I am very grateful for it. It's also brutal. The side effects for many women are ridiculously harmful. So ridiculous that when an oral contraception for men was created, it wasn't approved because of the side effects. Oh my God. And the list of side effects was about one third as long as the known side effects for women's oral contraception. And she links an article here. I am going to give you all all the details about what, where you can find this article. This article is from npr.org under treatments. And the article is called Male Birth Control Study Killed After Men Report Side Effects. So yeah, you can literally Google that article title and NPR and it'll pop up. So she has got sources. Any thoughts so far, Del, or would you like me to keep going? Um, no, keep going. Okay. There's a lot to be unpacked just in that story, but I'll simply put out, in case you didn't know, that as a, sci- as a society, we really don't mind if women suffer, physically or mentally as long as it makes things easier for men, which she will get into. But good news, men, even with the horrible side effects, women are still very willing to use birth control. Unfortunately, it's harder to get than it should be. Birth control options for women require a doctor's appointment and a prescription. It's not free and often not cheap. In fact, there are many people trying to make it more expensive by fighting to make sure insurance companies refuse to cover it. Oral contraceptives for women can't be acquired easily or at the last minute, and they don't work instantly. Underline that one. If we're talking about the pill, 
It requires consistent daily use and doesn't leave much room for mistakes, forgetfulness, or unexpected disruptions to daily schedules. And again, the side effects can be brutal. I'm still great for it. Please don't take it away. Fair. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't use it, so I can't agree with her. I think it's Oh, awful. no, no. I, I wasn't leaving a space for you to be to out you as no, taking this, it or not. I, I used it one time, and the side effects were so awful, I'd never again. We can come back to that later. <laughs> well, there you go. Personal anecdote for how awful the side effects are. Yeah. I'm just saying women's birth control isn't simple or easy. In contrast, let's look at birth control for men, meaning condoms. Condoms are readily available at all hours, inexpensive, convenient, and don't require a prescription. They're effective and work on demand instantly. Men can keep them stacked up just in case, so they're always prepared. Amazing. <laughs> I, I love her. She's, she's so she's great. funny. Yeah. <laughs> they are so much easier than birth control options for women. As a bonus, in general, women love when men use condoms. They keep us from getting S STIs. They don't lessen our pleasure during sex or prevent us from climaxing. And the best part, cleanup is so much easier. No waddling to the toilet after things are done. So why in the world are there ever unwanted pregnancies? Why don't men just use condoms every time they have sex? Seems simple, right? Oh, I remember, men don't love condoms. In fact, men frequently pressure women to have sex without a condom. And it's not unheard of for men to remove the condom during sex without the woman's permission or knowledge. Now get ready to underline again. Pro tip, that's assault. Isn't it? I think it was legally deemed rape recently, like in the past yes. like couple months, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So listen here, fellas. Literally every aspect of sex, every aspect is consent driven. And you should ask verbally if something's okay every time. Every time. All right. Now that you've thought about that and internalized it, um, that is based off of a Huffington Post article called Stealthing is a Scary New Sex Trend Trying to Make Assault Okay. So you can find that article. All right. Back to the thread. Why would men want to have sex without a condom? Good question. Apparently, it's because for the minutes they are penetrating their partner, having no condom on gives the experience more pleasure. So yeah, this is, um, on one hand, you can be like, oh, she just hates men. But on the other hand, like, these anecdotes are all true because I have bro friends. And uh, this is how a lot of men think. Or at least I used to have bro friends who thought this way. And then I was like, huh, those friends suck. No thanks. So, there are men willing to risk getting a woman pregnant, which means literally risking her life, her health, her social status, her relationships, and her career, so that they can experience a few more minutes of slightly more pleasure. Is that for real? Yes. Yes, it is. Do you agree with this so far, Doug? With um, what she said so far? Yes. Or with the yes. condoms specifically? Just like with, with what she's talking about with like condoms and like... Yes. Um, and I mean, like, and like, when a when a woman gets pregnant, it risks. Um, when when a woman has an unwanted pregnancy, it risks life, health, social status, relationships, career. Oh, for sure, yes. And I think that um, the the whole condom argument she ma she's making is really strong because I've heard so many times um, 
the like directed towards me like oh if we ever have a sexual relationship like i'm not gonna wear a condom can you figure something out like no absolutely not (laughs) and you're like can you figure out how to open the door and leave right right (laughs) and like here's the thing here's the thing bros sometimes women are okay with not using condoms but you know what you do to like eliminate like any of this awkwardness when you're talking to her beforehand say hey what are you comfortable with in terms of protection and, and birth then control. she and birth control and she will say what she's on if she's on anything and if she prefers you to wear a condom or not bam there you go there you go what are we talking about here back to gabrielle pleasure wise if there's a pleasure scale with pain beginning at zero and going down into the negatives, a back scratch falling at five, and an orgasm without a condom being a 10, where would sex with a condom fall? Like a seven or eight? So it's not like sex with a condom is not pleasurable. It's just not as pleasurable. An She's eight a really of a, good writer. She's a really, she really good writer. Is. Yeah, go on. And this is on Twitter, which, where a lot of trash resides. So mm-hmm. good for her. Yeah. So it's not like sex with with a condom is not pleasurable. It's just not as pleasurable. An eight instead of a 10. Let me emphasize that again. Men regularly choose to put women at massive risk by having non-condom sex in order to experience a few minutes of slightly more pleasure. Now keep in mind, for the truly condom averse, men also have a non-condom, always ready birth control built right in called the pullout. It's not perfect. And it's a favorite joke, but it's also 96% effective. And she links to an article. What is the effectiveness of the pullout method on PlannedParenthood.org? Yes, they have legitimate empirical research. So surely we can expect men who aren't wearing a condom to at least pull out every time they have sex, right? Nope. And why not? Well, again, apparently it's slightly more pleasurable to climax inside a vagina than say on their partner's stomach. So men are willing to risk their life, health, and well-being of women in order to experience a tiny bit more pleasure for like five seconds during orgasm. It's mind-boggling and disturbing when you realize that's the choice men are making. Emphasis on choice. And honestly, I'm not as mad as I should be about this because we've trained men from birth that their pleasure is of utmost importance importance in the world and to, dis- and, and to disassociate sex and pregnancy. While we're here, let's talk a bit more about pleasure and biology. And this is, this next few things is, is pretty fire as well, as is this whole thread. Del, do you have any comments so far? No, I, I love her so far. <laughs> I, I love how like she starts off like saying like, okay, like men suck or like that's the, that's the intention. That's like the vibe you get. You know, like, oh, this is just another one of those, like, angry liberals. Right. And then, like, she, and then she starts, like, breaking down her argument. You're like, oh, wait, this is true. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, while we're here, let's talk a little bit more about pleasure and biology. Did you know that a man can't get a woman pregnant without having an orgasm? Which means that we can conclude getting a woman pregnant is a pleasurable act for men. Correct. But did you further know that men can get a woman pregnant without her 
feeling any pleasure at all. In fact, it's totally possible for a man to impregnate a woman even while causing her excruciating pain, trauma, or horror. I'm glad you said trigger warning before this, though. Yeah, <laughs> definitely needed. In contrast, a woman can have nonstop orgasms with her or without, with or without a partner and never once get herself pregnant. A woman's orgasm has literally nothing to do with pregnancy or fertility. Her clitoris exists not for creating new babies, but simply for pleasure. No matter how many orgasms she has, they won't make her pregnant. Pregnancies can only happen when men have an orgasm. Unwanted pregnancies can only happen when men orgasm irresponsibly. What this means is a woman can be, now she uses some derogatory terms for women here that I don't really wanna say live. So I'm just gonna say, what this means is a woman can be the most promiscuous woman in the entire world. And she does it to make a point. I'm not judging her, but that's just my own personal. I'm trying to find the um, spot you're at so I can read what word you used. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just, it's just like S-L-U-T. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just not a word that I like, so. Okay, got you. In the entire world who loves having orgasms all day long and all night long, and she will never find herself with an unwanted pregnancy, unless a man shows up and ejaculates irresponsibly. Women enjoying sex does not equal unwanted pregnancy and abortion. Men enjoying sex and having irresponsible ejaculations is what causes unwanted pregnancies and abortion. So yeah, then she goes into like another thread that is equally as long that I encourage you all to look up as well. Because it, it just end like just click on her last comment. I'm going to read her last comments just to give you a little tease for you to go into your own um, exploration into these amazing threads. But she says, "Let's let's talk more about responsibility. Men often don't know and don't ask and don't think to ask. If they've caused a pregnancy, they may never think of it or associate sex with making babies at all. Why? Because there are zero consequences for men who cause unwanted pregnancies." Bam, and then she breaks that down further. But we're not, we're not about to do a two-hour podcast, so. Wow. Um, Del, give me your big thoughts. Um, okay, so I like her angle, I do. I think it separated a little bit into the discussion on rape, which I would love to see her make a thread about that because I love mm -hmm. her writing. But it was uh, very, I think, educational. I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason I, I wrapped this in pro-life, the pro-life section of this podcast is that if you are pro-life and want to see the fewest abortions possible, then you have, you literally have to be pro-sex education. Because if, if boys are not taught how pregnancies happen and how their own pleasure systems work and how women's own pleasure systems work, then abortion numbers will never change. Literally. And I will die with that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Like that is gospel truth right there. Wow. Stamp it. That, it, that, that at least is endorsed by half of deconstructing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I endorse so, it. I endorse it. Just the other half. Fully happened. endorsed fully by deconstructing. Endorsed, yes. 
so yeah um i think above all else it's it's important with abortion to think about the people actually getting abortions and how we got there in the first place because if we can systemically remove a lot of the reasons why people get abortions, then people aren't gonna get as many abortions. And that's what people want, right? I don't want a woman to have to like subject herself to like a really, really invasive surgery. You think women want that? No. What are your thoughts though? No, I agree. I think it come, kind of comes back to the whole statement on that there's nothing, there's no easy out to pregnancy. It's all difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that preventing pregnancy, uh, okay, so like in, I've been look, looking at research in this actually a little bit about prevention versus treatment. And mm-hmm. in America, we focus so much on treatment and on resolving issues after they've been made, but we never Ooh. focus on preventing them. And that's in healthcare. But like, putting it over on to this issue too prevention is like why aren't we addressing that more you know how come the big debate isn't about i mean it is like she made an excellent argument so there is some discussion being had but how come like our our country isn't divided about how to prevent a, a pregnancy versus how to solve the, an unwanted pregnancy yeah yeah and so i think that um preventing it is is really super important i don't understand also why we're teaching our kids about stds and stis and all these things we're not teaching them about preventing pregnancy yeah literally literally it's it's beguile it doesn't make any sense and i wonder though who's profiting off of it and if that's part of the problem oh i mean like and then I mean, an entire like religion is profiting off of it because yeah. if you control someone's sex life, you control a major part of that person. Yes. And like, regardless of if someone has sex or not, if they feel shamed because of it, and if they feel shamed and like an outcast because they got pregnant, then you have all the power over them. You can do with them whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And thus yeah. we have modern evangelicalism. Okay. So Side note, I want to do an episode just on evangelicalism and sex, not purity, but sex, like as a whole. But we'll come back to that. Oh, yeah. I definitely want to do like a part two sex uh, episode. And and I want to do it with a panel of people. Oh, okay. Maybe people of like, maybe people of various sexual experiences. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, um, I also have decided what I'm going to title this this, uh, podcast episode. Oh, Um, excellent. And I think I'm going to title it, Should Abortion End? Oh. Because, because I think, Del, me and you agree that abortion should end, but the people should be the ones to make the choices to keep it from ending or to make sure it ends, as opposed to government stepping in and ultimately not doing anything to end abortion, just killing people. Well... I will say I think abortion is appropriate in certain situations, and so I'm not sure that it should, oh, yeah. should end. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's workshop this title in live oh. action. <laughs> what do you think would be a better title? Like, I mean, um, I don't I don't have an issue with the title because you and I can be divided oh, on yeah. it. That's fine. Yeah. Wait. What do you What do you mean divided? On if abortion should end. Oh, yeah. No, I I completely just I completely just like 
disagreed with what I said at the beginning of the podcast, and I was like, oh yeah, oh, like I've done that before on this podcast. That. I have one hundred percent changed my opinion halfway through on this podcast. Oh, okay, multiple so, times, <laughs> and it's not it's not really me changing my opinion. It's more of just like, oh yeah, I I literally believe that. Um, oh yeah, okay. So yeah, obviously abortion should always be option for like rape and medical emergencies and all that. But like in terms of like unwanted pregnancies, those are more preventable than we give them credit for, as mm-hmm. is the case with the thread that we read. Yeah, I can see, I can see that argument for sure. Okay, so um, how about um, abortion and Hmm. abortion and the end of unwanted pregnancy the end of unwanted pregnancy okay i can get behind i think that. i think it I, I think it i think it would beg the question make people be like hmm, what are they talking about here right yep i like it all right it is set in stone then um all right so that's that's kind of all i have today did you have anything else you wanted to add though you know what? Honestly, that discussion was awesome. I appreciate everything you brought to the table. Now, um, I will ask you this. Now, you stated that you, if you were to end up becoming a father, even if it was unwanted, that you would keep it. Is that right? Well, no, 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 no. Okay. Not a father. This is if I was a woman. If you were, okay, so if you, okay, so now my question. If you were a father and you ended up um, getting someone pregnant, and or if, she, I was, if, I, if I was going to be a potential father or potential do I already father. have children? Um, uh, the situation you're in now, so you don't have children now. Okay. So you are a potential father. And so you knock a girl up and then she says to you, um, no, okay. No, she doesn't say anything to you. What would your initial, like if it was just you making the choice, what would you choose to keep it or to get rid of it? Oh man, like that's that's literally impossible for me to answer without knowing how she would feel about it. Because I would I would literally refuse to make the decision. Okay. Without like knowing exactly how she stood on it. Because like if I know for a fact, and we have talked about it before, that she wants to keep it. And it it is a little dehumanizing. It's a it's a loaded thing to call an unborn child. And I and I understand that. Um but uh yeah, I mean, if if we had the understanding, like, hey, like, if something happens, then we want to keep it, or you want to keep it, or if um, something happens and that she does not want to keep it, then the question comes to, um, would I stay with her, and would my love be challenged at all by that? Okay. And let, let's go ahead and add this to the scenario that I am in love with this woman. And like, I see a future with her. Okay. Um, would her getting an abortion challenge that love? Oh. And at least right now, in terms of where I'm at, I do not believe that I would stop loving her. Wow. Okay. Therefore, um, it's up to her choice. And so, hey, if this happens to me in the future and I'm not okay with it and we break up because of it, then I will record a podcast and update everyone and be like, hey, so uh, <laughs> this actually happened and I am not okay with this. 
And my opinion is flipped. Okay. Because though we will still be recording the podcast then, let me tell you, we are never ending it. Amen. Okay. So, so um, yeah. So what about you though? What about me? Well, I am a woman. I was like, would I keep it? I mean, if you don't mind me asking, like, do you mind me asking? No, do I don't mind. I okay. would, I okay, personally me, would keep it. So like, if you were in a relationship now, got pregnant, um, not planned, you would keep the baby. Right. However, and, and all, all, all my boys, <laughs> listen up. <laughs> if we're dating and I get pregnant with your child, I will break up with you because Ooh. I don't want my man to be with me because I'm his baby mama. I don't think there's an issue with that for all my baby mamas out there. If you got a man, yeah. that's fine. Like I don't have an issue with it for me personally. It would mess with my head. Mm, yeah. So Cause you're I like, would... Oh, like, yeah, he might not love me actually. Exactly. He just, just sticking around for the kid. No, I understand. Exactly. That. Yep. So that being said, <laughs> can't make that joke on here. I'm sorry. I just made a joke in my head. I'll make it to you later. <laughs> but well, you're no. you're gonna have to subscribe to our Patreon and give us like thirty dollars a month to hear that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but um, no. I or better yet, have Dell. How about we start an OnlyFans where the only thing on it is just us talking uncensored about like whatever topic we're talking about oh, that week. Dang. Just and just recording it and just posting it to, to an OnlyFans account. Honestly, we'd make bank. We talk about <laughs> some crazy stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I um no, I would personally keep it definitely, um, mm. but I don't think that's like the right thing to do for everybody. Just like yeah. I'd be like, I because my personality, I think I get excited and be like, okay, cool, down. I'm gonna be a mom. Let's do and it. It also depends on support system. Yep, definitely. So, yeah, that's where I would stand on it, I think. Um, I, I'm glad you asked that question because it, it's good to like for both of us to have to like sit with our own opinions and things we've said and say like, oh, what if this actually happened? Right, right. Yeah, and um, yep, I think you're right for sure. I will say, I will say, there has been times in my life where I have um, – after a situation that was not consensual, I thought I might have been pregnant and I thought mm -hmm. to myself, I'm going to abort this baby. And I was like mm -hmm. maybe 18. I was a baby myself. I was probably older yeah. by 19, but still, mm -hmm. um, I think I've grown a lot since then. One and two though, it wasn't consensual. So that's a very different situation. Totally different. Totally different. And so if that were to happen to me again, I don't know what I do, honestly, because I before that happened to me, I thought to myself, oh, I keep it. And then it happened to me. I mean, obviously, I wasn't pregnant, but <laughs> I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'm going to have to get rid of it. It just and I thought I'm going to have to get rid of it and not tell anybody. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. I think like we can say what we do, but until we're in that situation, we really don't know. No, that's that's a great point. And just another reason why we have to have empathy for everybody. Yes. In this situation, For especially sure. women who are impacted by this. Yep. For sure. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say something for me. Um, I know, Del, that you are not like as political as me. So this this fully comes with the prerequisite of saying, hey, this is a Curtis thing that he's telling you to do, not Del. Okay. Um, so reproductive rights in our country are kind of under attack currently. That's why I'm gonna post this right away. Um, 
if you can do something politically to ensure reproductive rights, whether it be calling like a senator or something or protesting, like do it, please do it. Because if abortion is legal, abortion rights are not going to go down. I guarantee it. We have numbers to back it up. Um, Just look at pre-Roe v. Wade. People were just gouging themselves. Yeah. No, I think the the legal debate about it is going to, if it's made illegal, it'll cause more problems than it will good. Yes. 100%. So, Del, this was... This was in many ways our most intense episode. Yes, it has. Can you guys hear my dog in the background? Can you hear my dog, Curtis? I can't hear her. I okay, hear my her dog is dreaming and she is yelping. So <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to say. That's adorable. Yeah, she's probably having a great time in her dreams, but it's, it's adorable. Okay, <laughs> sorry, <probably>. Curtis. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, that was that was an excellent way to break up the tension. Um <laughs> With that being said, I have I have nothing else to add. Um, okay. As as with any topic, I am totally open to having a part two at Heck some yeah. point when we Let's think of it. more things to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But this is this has been excellent content. Yes, yes, I am quite positive my DMs are be full today with people Ooh. responding. They were last week, Ooh. and I was surprised. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you as a not super political person probably had all these people firing up your DMs about politics. You know, everyone was being super nice. And even when they okay, disagreed, they were, there was one person who was being nasty. And they're mm-hmm. being so subtly nasty. I didn't realize they're being nasty until I talked to them for like a long time and then realized they're being mean. <laughs> so it's all good. You're too pure, Del. You're too pure. Know, well, because like they were calling me names. And I was like, what, 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 like, who is that? Because it was someone else's name. And then I, like, I clicked with them like an hour later. Oh, they're making fun of me. I see. <laughs> or so, did they call you like Hillary or something? No, Ed Sheeran. And I don't know why, but probably because the red okay, hair. That's, that's weird. Well, they call me Ed Sheeran and I responded to them. Like, I'm like, oh, like, um, I'm not sure like where I know you from. Like, so sorry. And then they just said like Ed Sheeran. That's all I said. And I was like, you mean like the singer? And like an hour went by and I was like, oh, they're calling me names. I get it. I don't know why I didn't click with this. <laughs> oh, answer. you poor thing. You know, <laughs> but it's all good because <laughs> it was the only Okay, okay. Had, I'm so. going to say something else. Um, any of our good listeners, um, if you follow Dell on Instagram and say she makes a post about something and someone's talking smack, you go underneath them and be like, hey, you best step back because I am a deconstructor. <laughs> deconstructor i like it <laughs> we're gonna have a swarm of loyal fans all 46 of them <laughs> <laughs> hey that's a lot more than we started with it is it is i'm impressed oh and uh, thank you huh i think it's the first one was like 20 right Listeners? well okay the first the first one like has has kind of snowballed since then though okay because like that's a i think the halloween ones are what a lot of people start with when they yes. listen to our podcast I think you're right. Um, so um, currently, I'm going to go ahead and say some numbers since we're doing a little housekeeping. Um, well, so is is Satan's Holiday is number two at 42 plays. Oh, wow. Purity Culture is tied with that at 42. Oh, and wow. Then I didn't expect our, that. Our politics one, our Republicans, a party of God, is currently sitting at 48. 48 okay and that's within six days of posting it so thank you all for listening yes 48 friends of ours wow we appreciate you immeasurably 
We do. But yeah, so yeah, we just are a you sponsor. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We need. I can. I can use some more money. And we'll hit up like what is Audible who sponsors everybody. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> All right. So you ready to sign off, Joe? I'm ready to sign off. All right. So my name is Curtis Cooper. And I am Delaney. And this has been Deconstructing Stay Loose. <laughs> I'm totally saying that from here on out. <laughs>